So, if you heard me talking about the legacy ultimate test stack featuring Recovery PM, you might be asking, what does a sleep aid have to do with raising testosterone? Well, the majority of daily testosterone release occurs during sleep. Men with interrupted or poor quality sleep experience an average of 15% reduction in testosterone levels. Add to the fact that after the age of 30, men experience an average testosterone decrease of about 1% per year. That's why Legacy developed a total testosterone complex that covers all three areas of optimal testosterone levels. Test X9 to naturally stimulate testosterone production, T-Assist to keep estrogen at bay and maintain liver health, and Recovery PM to promote quality REM sleep so your body can actually release the testosterone you're working so hard to increase. Recovery PM has a repeat customer rate of over 80%. That means 4 out of 5 users love it so much that they are coming back again and again. And now you can subscribe and save on all the products at LegacySubs.com so you never have to worry about running out. Try the Ultimate Test Stack for 30 days and feel the incredible difference for yourself. And because Legacy are friends of the show, you can save 10% off your entire order by using promo code THEPODCAST at LegacySupps.com. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S dot com. It's time to level up with Legacy. Now, this is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you, not so live from a listening device of your choice, it's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. They got everything from signed sports memorabilia, used sports memorabilia from your favorite superstars from every fucking sport you could think of. Same thing with wrestling. They have old wrestling figures, old WWF magazines, anything you want. It is there. Comic books as well. They update daily. That's the best part. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. And if you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy VI, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook 
book format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs. Anything you need or want, it is available there. But if you don't want to support anything monetarily, it's totally understandable. The easiest thing, the most free thing, takes you two seconds. Do it anywhere, anytime, please. It's very important. Rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is a professional wrestler who has been seen on NJPW Strong and is currently with the NWA. One of, if not the rising stars to look out for, the golden boy, Jordan Clearwater. Steve, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No, thank you for being here, my friend. How are you this fine afternoon? Oh, man, I am doing fantastic. You know, I I cannot complain. We were chatting a bit before the show right. and uh, and got to know each other a little bit and and you know, just sharing the excitement coming with uh, with the restrictions ending and the show starting to pop up here and there. You know, getting back in front of fans. So it is a good it is a good time to be a professional wrestler. Well, before we get into anything, because the same thing up here in Canada, if people don't know, I'm, I'm obviously Canadian, and our restrictions are starting to ease up too. You guys were first, now it's us, and we're seeing a good rate with the vaccination, all that. Cases are down, so it looks like stuff's finally going back to normal. And now our borders are starting to open up to even more increased business and for people who want to travel. Have you ever wrestled up here in Canada? Great question. That is such a great question. I'm so glad that you asked because uh, back in 2017, 2018, I was working for a promotion in Michigan, Port Huron, Michigan, uh, called Blue Water Championship Wrestling. And so where we wrestled at that, we wrestled at like this hockey arena and then the the, uh, a smaller venue there, but you could actually see Canada, Ooh, you know, from okay. the other side. And sure. one of the days I went up with my family, I've been to Canada a couple of times. I've got relatives in Canada. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. So, um, go up there, you know, wrestle and then do what any normal person does and throws their gear in the back and drives over to go get like lunch in Canada. So we did. Right. Um, and it's funny. It was funny, Steve, because it was so easy going over to Canada. Oh, they said, oh, hey, okay. you know, come on over. Yeah, they said, come, you know, I was like, hey, I don't have my passport. I just have my license. We just want to get lunch. You know? Sure, sure. And they, so they let us over and oh. we drove around a little bit. Nice. And long story short, we tried to cross back over to the American side and they said, why no passport? What is this bag in your trunk? You know, let's check this out. What are you doing here? Professional wrestler? Yeah, right. Okay. And I was right. like, oh, come on. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it should be the opposite way, I would think. But it wasn't. I mean, you guys were so welcome. And I would absolutely love to wrestle in Canada. I want to put it out there uh, right now, right here, right now on this podcast that I will wrestle in Canada in, in, in this upcoming year because I follow some promotions and I'm ready to okay. get my feet wet. Perfect. Well, just in Ontario alone, we have a huge independence scene. As again, all the listeners know and people who follow me on socials, I go to the events every once in a while. And it's not only, okay, this is what I love. I prefer now to watch an independent show versus one of the big two or three promotions out there live because it's more like it's more of a concentrated audience where people know each other. It's a community. Like, you know what I mean? The wrestlers right. get to interact more with the fans. There's time to do all that sort of stuff. So all the behind right. stuff get comes together beautifully. And at the other shows, yes. it just feels not that it's overproduced, but it feels like you're at like, say a, 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 you're a typical basketball game or whatever. Like you're never going to meet those sure. stars. There reaches away. Like, you know what I mean? Right. No, it's like going to see a broad. It's like going to see wicked on Broadway versus going to see a small black box production, you know, black box production. It's, 
it's it's there's more intimacy but the stories are there that's what's the most amazing part to me was you know when i got into professional wrestling i didn't knew i didn't know that something existed called the indies or i didn't know that (laughs) ring of honor existed or that even new japan existed for you know if i want to bury myself right now it's just the (laughs) truth i didn't know and um you know, when I started discovering the sport, I was like, oh, wow, there's so much more. And I think it's more widely and readily accessible today, especially with, you know, the forbid- forbidden door being knocked down. Sure. And, you know, the great stories that are told at the independent level, just the star um, the star show heels, I think, encapsulates it the best. Like, just like think about that. That's being told all over the country, that story. And so, you know, there's something special about that. And it's true. And especially with me growing up, because I'm a bit older, when the indie scene was around when I was in my 20s and stuff, it was considered carny and garbage because you didn't have the top tier guys. People were ripping you off. And or you had the uh, washed up wrestlers. No offense to them because they were coming in to get a paycheck. Sure. So I don't blame them. But they were... depleted you could tell they could barely walk to the ring half of them were still like on substances and stuff and it was it was just a shit show so to speak and then there was that turn and now it's oh my god i friggin love it it's insane man there's so much good talent out there that's wrestling on the nwa or on new japan that's still on the independent scene right and it's just amazing like these are the guys that you can see now for 20 bucks a pop and go shake their hand and talk to them and they're good, genuine people. But in the next five to 10 years, those are going to be the same people that yeah. are headlining, you know, the, the all-star games of professional wrestling. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's very humble to be able to have that kind of that grassroots, like marketing effect on people with the independent scene. Um, and so I, I agree with you. It's such a special place to be able to enjoy the sport outside of, you know, paying a hundred dollars a ticket to sit in the nosebleeds and, right? <laughs> and so buy the collector's cups. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And in turn, it helps the promotions too moving forward with all these indie stars. Cause there's so many people who are just indie fans and then they see this person, for example, like someone like you in your early twenties, just getting your start in, in the industry. Right. And they follow your career all the way up. And then when you finally get to the big scene, they're like, oh, my God, I used to watch that guy at a gym with 50 people. I feel proud watching him now, right? Right. And I think it's a part of what we miss in professional wrestling today. Like, there's nothing wrong with the major promotions. They do. Of course. They are the best at what they do. There's a reason that we all strive to be there. But at the same time, at the same time, like... We're not cookie cutter, and, and that journey is what develops us, and that journey is what develops our fan base. We not we might not be bringing thousands to the tens of millions that are watching WWE, but you know that there's something about that journey that carries over that I think we miss a lot of times in professional wrestling today. That that struggle, you know, yes. that fight every day and day out, busting your body night in and night out for twenty dollars, you know, in front of <laughs> 10, 15 people. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, most definitely. Well, put, well, speaking of cookie cutter, what makes you stand out then? Amongst all this indie talent that's out there right now, that's the that's the million dollar question, right? I mean, that's the million dollar question for any professional wrestler. Exactly. If you can answer that question, then you're the best. I mean, you're the, <laughs> you're, you will be at the WWE. I say that all the time. Right. I say, you know, I'll, I have a guy that's younger than me that comes in that might have a bad match or that might be going over some things too much in their head, and sure. it's and, and I'm still young, but I say, shoot, brother, if we had it all figured out, we would all be at the WWE. We'd be at you know AEW, whatever. Sure. But I think to answer your question more specifically is the specific style that I bring to the table and the character even more specifically in the style that I bring to the table. Cause when I look at myself in the mirror, I think of a seventies and an eighties uh, professional wrestler. That's kind of, 
taken out of that era and plopped into today. You don't really see a lot of that. I mean, no. that style carries over, especially now in wrestling, where we've gone so far to the to the other side. I think the pendulum is yes. bound to swing in the other direction, and we're going to need a character like a Rick Rude, or maybe even the opposite of Rick Rude, like a John Cena, sure. a polarizing heel or babyface, mm-hmm. to help kind of bring it back to its center. And I think that's something that I provide as you know, again, somebody that wrestles that seventies, eighties style, but is so so focused on their character and charisma that that involvement with the crowd that we miss is mm-hmm. something that I'm bringing to the table. No, that's awesome, and it shows again being with the NWA. Of course, just that product alone, like you know what I mean, right? Like it's pretty much. I, I can't remember who said. I think it was either Joe Galli or Nick Aldis had on the show too. They said that it's literally if you take the product out of the eighties and present it in today's light, and that's pretty much you, yes. right? Exactly, and I think that's what makes the fit with me and NWA so good because um, I'm really discovering out who the golden boy is mm, at the NWA. Sure. You know, I've had a great journey to develop the professional wrestler inside of me, but now it's time to figure out who the golden boy really is and like how does he portray himself on camera, which is way more entertaining than somebody going out there and doing a couple tackles, hip tosses, and uh, (laughs) shooting stars presses. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anybody can do moves. Steve, you and I could go in there and run a match if if we wanted to. I'd be more than happy to. Heck, it'd be a good time. But, you know, it's the characters (laughs) that's what makes people watch wrestling. You know, leave the other stuff to MMA, in my opinion. They do that so well. So, And I could never do that. And it's so true. And (laughs) one of the most heralded eras of all time, the Attitude Era. Not to say that no one knew how to wrestle, but that wasn't on the top of the list. The whole reason why that era right. worked was every single wrestler was a great character. There was no right. mid-card. Everyone, I, like from top to bottom, in my opinion, could have been a world champion at that time. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I go back and I watch today. You know, I was watching I was watching um, just The Rock. I was watching The Rock and Triple H from SummerSlam. Um, maybe it was Monday Night Raw, even 1997 for the IC title originally. Sure. And you can see in those guys, they're so young, mm-hmm. but you can see that character start to develop. Like you can see The Rock do his looks right. as Rocky Maivia before he had ever went to the Nation of Domination and had that experience. Like even at that point, yeah, Rock yeah. could have been a huge name. And so I think, like you said, everyone had a character. Everybody was larger than life. Mm-hmm. Not saying we don't have that all the time now, but man, there was something special about that era. Um, there, there really was. Yeah, no kidding. So what you, you mentioned off the top, you never watched Indies, New Japan, ROH, none of that. So what got you into wrestling? You know, I was thinking about this literally last night. I was thinking to myself, um, professional wrestling is a family business. Mm. I never realized that more so than when I got into professional wrestling. I was surprised at how many people's families, you know, grandfathers either wrestled or watched wrestling. You know, a lot of people have been watching since a child. And I feel like the outlier here because (laughs) I didn't discover professional wrestling until maybe like 2010. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. But for me, but okay, I take that back. Maybe like 2007, 2008. But for me, I was, you know, a child at that time. Right. And my family, none of them watched professional wrestling. Hmm. Um, my brother was flipping through the channels one day and Monday Night Raw came on. And he said, hey, brother, check this out. This is really cool. I just see Triple H, Tan, Jack beating the shit out of some dude. Sure. And like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I want right? to be Tan, Jack to beat the shit out of some dude and everyone be cheering me. You know, and I was hooked since then. I hadn't okay. missed a, a Monday Night Raw. Right. I've seen every ending to NCIS. I've never seen a full episode. I've seen every five-minute ending wow. because I had to be there That's when crazy. Monday Night Raw started. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so yes, well, yes. I, again as mentioned off the top too you're 
one of those guys are on everyone's radar. You're up and coming. Like Joe Galli said, you're one of these guys to watch out for. You're going to be a huge star eventually. Now, being the age you are now, do you feel that pressure already? Or are you like, it's just another day at the office for me? Man, you're, you're, hitting, all the, you're hitting all the money questions. It's almost as if we spoke before this. <laughs> I, I'm really surprised. Like you're, you're digging deep. I, I, I dig it. Um, it's becoming more of a reality now than it was in the past because okay. in the past, you know, I'd be on a show and someone would say, how old are you? You know, 18, 19. Wow. You've got your career ahead of you. Kid. Right. And now it's how old are you? 24 going to be 25. Okay. You know, you're still doing good, but you know, kind of pick up the pace a little bit. <laughs> okay. You know, gotcha. <laughs> you know, you think like I might have three, four more years until I really am hitting my stride. Right. And I'm still young and end of the game. And, um, and I recognize that, but you know, day in and day out, it's, it's just another day at the office because, it's what I love to do. And so I've been so fortunate and blessed to have the success that I've had thus far that if it ended for me tomorrow, I would have no regrets. Sure. I would be, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, comfortable where I'm at, but at the same time I can accept where I'm at. If that makes sense. Like, well, no, of course. I always want to push to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm content, but I'm not comfortable. You know, I always want to strive to be better. I'm always striving to be better. I'm always thinking a way to do things differently and to be better. But, um, you know, again, I'm very fortunate and blessed where I'm at today. Yeah, because usually, and this goes for almost every sport, when, with the odd exceptions, because there's people, outliers like LeBron James in basketball and whatever, but you see them and you're like, this is going to be the next one. But, like I said, 90% of the time, they fizzle out or something happens. Like, even, for example, like in Drew McIntyre's case, he was pegged as the next big thing. Then it just shriveled out. It was in the three-man band and all that nonsense. Then he went to the Indies, speaking of Indies, and fucking blew up again. And now he's the guy he was supposed to be, right? So, like... Exactly. You know what I mean? So, exactly. hopefully, we don't see that downfall with you. But, like, in even in my kids, like, thinking back, if someone was to tell me in my 20s, oh, you're going to be talking to people you watch on TV, people you look up to, whatever, I'd be like, fuck off. I'd be, like, shitting bricks. I wouldn't be able to do it. But now, in my right. 40s, I'm like, this is another day at the office for me. Right. No, it's the same way. Like if you told me that I'd be sitting in a locker room next to the people that I watched growing up and now again, mind you, I don't have to set you in my mindset of being a, you know, a Gen Z or whatever, the people that (laughs) I watched, like their coming of age was Drew McIntyre for me, was Aaron Stevens for me, was Fred Rosser for me. Wow. You know, these people that experienced their coming of age while I was growing up. Now I get to share the locker room with them, Chris Masters or Chris Adonis. I mean, these people that I watched on television and idolized, now I get to share a locker room and even wrestle them, you know, and it's just so surreal but at a certain at a certain level you kind of think to yourself like you said now it's just another day at the office like i belong here and i think that's something that if i could say uh tyrus has has really helped me develop over time is this confidence and this ability in being a character and speaking and acting Mm. and wrestling like a character him i would say tyrus aaron stevens fred rosser those are all names of people rocky romero that have helped really mentor and develop my style that's awesome um and so now now i feel like i do belong and 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 as you mentioned that i not only do belong but i can push the needle um and that's my goal oh that's cool that's cool so how about any again being young and all that i don't know how it is because me growing up everyone was about superstition and rituals do you have any pre-match rituals or superstitions that you have to do or whatnot I, I, um, 
I do have a couple pre-match rituals. Okay. I, I, I have some, you know, I'll, I'll air some dirty laundry, not dirty laundry. I have some <laughs> private ones. Some people are open with their pre-match rituals. Others are quiet. I'm pretty quiet. I, I do say a prayer every time before I go out. Okay. Um, I, I don't say that to say that, you know, other people need to be religious. You could not be religious. You could be religious, whatever the case. Right. I, I, that's something that I always have, you know, it helps center me. It helps spirit center my emotions um, and my spirit just in a way that I am ready to take on. As you mentioned, I'm ready to step through this curtain and, and live my childhood dream, right, mm-hmm. every time. So I'm, I'm a big prayer uh, before I wrestle kind of guy. I always got to stretch, and uh, I am very OCD about how my tape looks. Oh. And you can blame uh, you can blame my favorite, my all-time favorite uh, Triple H for that. His always looks so clean. And CM Punk, too, this tape always looks so clean. Right. So, I sit there and I just focus, <laughs> and it's just—it's just a way. It's—it sounds so ridiculous, but it's a way for me to just, you know, focus on something else till I kind of relax and just get into my zone. No, I love it because I'm a stickler for like the small things, and like, and I'm sure we're going to get into this—the fundamental talk and all that with the young generation versus the old generation and all this. I, everything needs to look a certain way. Like, I hate those guys who have the tape on that looks like it's masking tape that's about to fall off. I'm like, why'd you even put it on? What, what are you doing? Right? Doesn't that hurt? Like, like don't you? care enough so in my mind it's like don't you care enough about your image that when you right? walk out there that people notice that you know i know. had some pretty bad wardrobe malfunctions but okay. if i can control it i do the best oh. that i can to control that you know what i mean right no kidding now speaking of gear do you wear anything to pay homage or is there anything on your gear per se just for yourself from like say people you idolized sure um so my my wrist tape i do i do both arms again it's kind of an homage to uh some of my favorites growing up which were um uh cm punk and uh, triple h okay and then i have a new set of gear that i will be unveiling in december which Ooh. will pay homage to uh rick flair oh, um and also a couple other people in a way it's going to be uh, taking a more traditional look, uh, Carrie Von Eric to be specific. Um, so you'll have to wait nice. and see, but I, I, I most certainly do. There are little touches that, that I like to see if people can notice, you know? Well, and you brought it up to the the wardrobe malfunctions. Any other crazy mishaps in the ring in your young career so far? <sighs> Man, I've had my first match, the boots that I was given didn't fit on my feet, so we oh, no. duct taped them to my legs. What? That was a bad one. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah. Like, shoot, shoot duct tape. Like, we were duct taping these things, like, as, like, one match before. I mean, think about it. Oh, I'm, like, God. 18 years old. I've trained for six months. I'm right. freaking out. Never wrestled a match in my life. And we're and they're out here. All right, kid. Taping these boots to my legs. All right, kid. Here you go. You know, this is your theme song. Go out there. It's, like, psychosocial by Slipknot or something ridiculous. Right, right. You know, look at me. Like, I don't, like, you know what I mean? I don't know what I'm doing. So That's hilarious. I just come out. Yeah, you know, oversized singlet and whatnot. That wasn't good. And then one time in um, Paris, Kentucky, at uh, Primetime Wrestling, I don't think the promotion exists any longer. I think they call themselves uh, Generation Next Wrestling now. But uh, I wrestled a guy by the name of Adam Swayze, uh, who Mm -hmm. wrestles uh, for the Northern Wrestling Federation in where my um, home promotion is, where I was trained, uh, Roger Ruffin in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. And he, he goes to pull me into the turnbuckle, right? Okay. And when he pulls my tights, uh, young Jordan Clearwater didn't oh, realize no. that it was probably a good idea to wear stuff under your tights. Oh, and no. So let's just say the waistband broke. And there's <laughs> photos of that that exist on the internet somewhere. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, that was probably <laughs> one of the... Uh, and my whole family was there. I mean, that had to have been one oh, of my, shit. like, you know... 
my, my top tier wardrobe malfunction moments. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, is that your worst case scenario or do you have something in your head that you're like, I hope this never happens to me? I never want to shit my pants. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. With you. <laughs> I am so definitely afraid of shitting my pants when I wrestle that, uh, like, I won't eat. Talk about pre-match rituals. Okay, I yeah. won't eat, like, four hours before my match because I'm so afraid that I'm just going to, like, it's going to happen. Like, it's one of those right. things you just get slammed and just shit happens. And, you know, how do you cover that up on television? You know, it's live. It's true. You, can't, you know? What can you do? <laughs> it's so true. And I feel sorry because I've heard stories too. Like there's so many wrestlers, believe it or not, that have to go to the washroom right before their match. And that's sort of their ritual. You know what I mean? And that's yes. sort of more of like I probably what to deal with nerves and whatnot. But can you imagine though? Yeah, I'd be on your side. I wouldn't eat the whole day or I'd pop a whole pack of Imodium or something, make myself constipated. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've got t- I've got like these tums in my bag. I've got okay. these acid reducers. I've got like every home remedy that you can think of for oh an upset stomach on the day of a show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now, also in your young career, have you done any crazy like sort of gimmick matches or death type matches, or has it been strictly like your typical in ring, old school type one on one? I I my first real um, gimmick match was uh, a street fight. Okay. And so we did like cookie sheets. We did oh, chairs, sure. and those cookie sheets hurt. Um, glass, like imagine. the James Storms glass bottles. Oh yeah, yeah. We did, we did those too. Right. Um, that was probably my one of my more you know gimmicky matches. I've done like a steel cage match. I've done a ta- I done a last man standing match with the table. Okay. Um, yeah. I haven't done any type of death matches though. Like my entire career, I told myself I wouldn't. But it's so popular now, and I'm just right? thinking, like, man, it'd be so something so against what I would do as a professional wrestler that I might just grow a wild hair and take a light tube over the back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where we see where the career takes us. It's so true because I find it weird in this day and age with again all the keyboard warriors and the cancel culture how death matches are so huge because you would think that everyone would want to shut that down, right? Thank you. I'm on. I'm entirely on board. I'm not saying anything against death matches. All I'm saying is, in my mind, oh, yeah, me too. I based love on how culture is today, yeah, you would think that that would not be allowed. Like they would be outlawing that because wrestling's become so, 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 so more regulated. It feels like yeah, so much more of a tight eye's been watched on professional wrestlers, and yet these guys, you know, like in No Peace Underground, are wrestling without a ring. Like there is no ring. Like that is how they do their I show, know. and it's just mind boggling to me. But they draw huge crowds, and they've got a huge following. So. You know, I mean, I guess if it works. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I I love that. And the whole thing about wrestling, okay, yeah, it's subjective and everything. And everyone has their opinions. And I don't understand the people who fight amongst themselves, especially if you're both wrestling fans. If you like a certain thing and this guy likes a certain thing, who cares? Don't watch that. Watch what you like. And that's what makes wrestling great. The only thing I have to nitpick on, like I mentioned, is the fundamentals. If I see a headlock and I could put another head in there, okay, like, come on. Who, what, I can't suspend disbelief that much. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, you know, I think that kind of, I agree with you. More and more that I wrestle, the more I believe wrestling is subjective in the way that you do things. And a lot of the way that you do things. A right. lot of the way that you sell things. You give moves. You take moves. I think a lot of that can be subjective. How you yes. get the ropes. You yeah. know, it really depends on who's who's cutting the paycheck, right? If WWE says to do it this way, you're going to do it that way. Right. If AEW doesn't care, then you're going to do it whatever <laughs> way is most natural for you. But there is a very um, strong margin of of things have to be done a certain way, like you said. And a headlock, in my mind, there's got to be like you're going to rip somebody's head off. You know, they right. always um, they always say in New Japan, squeeze, you know, <laughs> like, squeeze. 
there's like a lot of there's a lot of reality to that and when i post my new japan highlights people that don't know that i wrestle that know me in life come up and say right. man that looks like that hurts i thought it was all fake <laughs> and it does hurt like it does but sure. it's supposed to hurt for a reason because sure we're not killing each other but yeah, you yeah. want it to look believable i mean i wouldn't I, I mean if i look if i turn on the the television and i see a pen that looks fake i'm immediately switching the channel <laughs> i don't know about you but that's how I feel. Even on my right. own matches, sometimes <laughs> I see something I do in my own matches, I'm like, oh, what the hell was that? Next. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, speaking of, since you're a young up-and-comer, and it's not that you've been jaded or whatever, you're not in that certain bubble, so to speak, like all the old-timers and the way they've been taught. Is there anything that you see already coming in that you're like, I could sort of tweak this and make it a bit better that no one's really noticed? You know what I'm saying? Yes, there are a ton of things that I do in matches that, again, fans will ask me about um, if I was trained to do that or if I did that before in the past, and the answer is no. So I'll give you a great example. When I'm shooting off a bigger guy, I naturally tend to drop to a knee. Even though I'm a bigger guy, I I don't know that it makes sense for me to make myself smaller, but in my mind, if I'm whipping somebody 20 foot across the ring, I need as much leverage as I can get. So especially if they're as tall as me or bigger than me, I might drop to a knee to, to, to get more leverage, right? That's something that I don't see a lot in, in the way that uh, people shoot other people off. It's the real little things. Or sure. maybe when you take a leapfrog, you drop to a knee instead of just running under. Maybe it's like, oh, uh, shit, you know, he yeah, almost yeah. came down on me. And I'll get told, you know, that's the wrong way to do that. Don't do that. But right. if everybody wrestles a certain way, Steve, then what makes anybody else special or different? Like at the first question of the podcast. That we have to make true. ourselves different in the little ways. The little ways is what really, like you mentioned, it's the little things that count. And if I can do something, you're like, oh, that was a different way to do that. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you like me a bit more or maybe you'll watch me next time or something like that. Yeah, it's true. And again, everything, and I, it's funny because my generation is sort of stuck in the middle between like your generation and the old timers generation. So I see both sides of you. Like even last week I had Les Thatcher on and he was going on and on again about fundamentals and everything and how... In his opinion, he sees that every promotion still looks the same. And you just brought up a good point. Well, how are you supposed to keep those fundamentals and be different at the same time? Like, you got to give a little. And that goes for both. Like, you can't have a match. And I agree. And from Les's, again, opinion as well. You can't have guys flying over the rope every fucking second move. Like, that doesn't make every sense. Every second. Thank you. Thank you. And I think Les Thatcher, I've, Les and I've met a couple times. Okay. Um, but I've never had a chance to train under Les because Les's school was rival, or at least across the street, basically from where I trained. Oh wow! Uh, okay. In the H in the HWA, so you right. have people out of the HWA like John Moxley and, and Cody Hawk and NWF. You had people like Carl Anderson, uh, Abyss, and, and stuff like that. So right. very very similar background, though, and I can respect Les's opinion because I agree with him. Like. Like Randy Orton posted, oh, what was it a couple years ago now, where he just posted dive, dot, dot, dot. Yes. It was this big controversy <laughs> in professional wrestling. You know, half of the side were like, you know, screw Randy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The other half were like, yeah. But I I would tend to agree with the, with the old school mentality more so than necessarily the new school mentality okay. in the sense that there is a certain way to do things. Um, not every match needs to have somebody diving over the top rope. The first match doesn't need to look like the main event. Like like you said, Jaden, you said egotistical, but we build a show much like we build a match. If you do every move under the book in the first and second match, what the hell is the main event going to do? That's true. I mean, there's yep. an art to it, and I think New Japan really, like, New Japan really 
does that with their shows. Yes. If you're on the first half of the card, you get out there and you wrestle your ass off. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. You don't walk around and jaw jack with the crowd until <laughs> you know the, the real stars come in. Let the real stars have their moment. Right. And and so I think as a fan that makes things more enjoyable, you have to build it like a movie. You know, right? what I mean? you don't want Thank it to you. come out like Thanos didn't snap his fingers right <laughs> in the middle of Infinity War, so why would we do that on a wrestling show? You know what I mean? It's true, it's true. But again, at the same time, it, you can't have like that certain always mentality too because every once in a while, throwing a World Heavyweight title match as the first match, that blows people's minds, it's great. right? Yes, it's great. Yes, I agree with you. But doing it that way gives us the opportunity to have some fun. Yes, you know, of course. Knowing the fundamentals, knowing the headlock so well that you can maybe switch the arm and then take him down a certain way. It's like, oh, that was different. <laughs> but you've done it so much. You're so tied into yeah. that maneuver that you're able to, to play with it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so let's get into the NWA then. Obviously, you're with them now. You're currently with them. How did you all just get started? Because, again, you are a perfect fit. Did you seek them? Did they come to you? How, how did it all go down? Yes, great question. So I um, I was wrestling for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood at the time. Okay. And Championship Wrestling had, um, when NWA, when Billy Corgan first bought the brand and he was kind of going through this rebuilding phase, mm-hmm. um, we had people like Ricky Starks, Nick Aldis, Tim Storm that were wrestling on the Hollywood shows. Okay. Now... I did a podcast some time ago, and I said, and I put it out in the universe, I said, mark my words, you know, the start of 2021, I will be in the NWA. I mean, it does not, it's not an egotistical thing, it's not a, it's not a, you know, I want this, I need this, it's a, it's right. a, it makes sense. It just makes sense for me. It's the natural progression. Right. So, I put it out in the universe, and so, help me God, one random day, Dave Marquez calls me while I'm sitting in the Starbucks drive through and he says, hey. Uh, can you wrestle Nick Aldis tomorrow night for a, a you know a pre-show match? It might not even be televised. We just need to kind of get things in order, right? Right place at the right time, in my opinion. Yep. Um, so I go, and, and Nick and I are there, and we're just shooting the shit in the back, and you know just talking and getting to know each other. And then we have a, a solid little six-minute, seven-minute match, nothing too crazy. Sure. Um, and then some time goes on, and I hear from an old connection of mine at Championship who started. Uh, producing for NWA okay. uh, and became the executive producer for NWA, the television. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy, Billy Trask said, Hey Jordan, you should think about sending your stuff in. You know, they're looking for some new guys for on um, this, for their revamped uh, seasons of power because COVID happened, right? Things I should do. Right. Exactly. Um, long story short, I reached out to the NWA at the end of 2020 and okay. I got an email back that said, "Sorry, Jordan, you're wasting your time." Uh, and that's all I read. Are you? And I just shut my phone down. I was like, "I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess, I, I guess I'm just never meant to to, to do anything." Like I was okay. just way overshooting my goals. Right. Sorry, Jordan, you wasted your time. Scroll down next sentence, but we already know about you, and and we have you on our list of people to bring in. So huge win. Um, I didn't need that's to awesome. reach out. They ended up reaching out to me okay. and getting me on in March, and that's so cool. And so that's how that all started. Yeah, yeah, a little story. I, you can only wow. imagine like how much my heart sank when I saw that little message preview. Like that's all you see on your phone is sorry, Jordan, yeah. but you wasted right? your time. I'm like, oh god. See, because that's the whole thing. Even within myself, when reaching out to people, because I do mostly everything via email and stuff, and you see that preview, yes. and half the time it's such a fucking swerve, and you it's, and it goes both ways. Yes. It's like you get excited, and then you read the rest of it, and it says however, or it's the same thing. Like yeah, 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 but I'll still love to, and it's like oh. And it's like, screw that preview screen, man. <laughs> for real, dude. For real. So much anxiety was caused from that preview screen. Whoever invented that's got no idea. Like, like that, I mean, like, literal, the difference. 
difference between literal tears of, of sadness oh, and joy. Like, right? you know what I mean? And, it, and it's just, wow. I just That's one of those memories that you remember, like, and maybe that's best for it to be that way. But it was a funny way to, that it happened. And, nice. you know, I was, I was, I was glad that it, the response came the way that it did because it gave me a sense of confidence to know that I didn't need to make that step, that I was already on their radar to be a part of the program. Right. And so I must have been doing something right. <laughs> well, and also uh, you were on New Japan TV too before even getting to the NWA. So obviously I'm sure that yes. did a lot of goodness for you, right? Yeah, that was, yes. Now that was, you know, now that's a totally different angle that I never expected to happen in my career. You know, people ask uh, me all the time, how do you make it? I say, I don't know. How do you make it? Because I'm still waiting to find out. But like how I, how the ways that I've stumbled into opportunities feel like just so ass backwards that right. it's like that, that. That's why I call them blessings because I mean they're, sure. they're coincidences. But coincidences happen for a reason in my mind. Whether you call it energy, blessings, whatever it is that you call it, um, I do a lot of reading, and so a lot of the books that I've read have all pointed towards the right place at the right time. That's what happened with New Japan as well. Oh, that's so cool. And once stuff does go back to, more, to, to normal, hopefully soon, will, are you willing and do you have it in your contract that you're able to go to Japan and wrestle for New Japan over there? Um, I don't have anything written set in stone, okay. but I'll be the first to get my Japanese visa. I mean, I'll travel the world. That's nice. been my goal. It's okay. been my dream. Japan is a place that I've always wanted to visit even before professional wrestling. Um, you know, so if I could ever have that opportunity, I was just texting uh, Fred the other day. Fred, it was Fred Rosser's birthday the other day. I reached yep. out and said happy birthday. And, uh, you know, I said, what special plans do you have? Like, how are you going to celebrate? He says, I'm planning. That's how I, that's how I celebrate. I plan. <laughs> I said, well, what's your plan? He says, to wrestle in Japan in 2022. Well, I was like, hell yeah, brother. Well, I hope I see you there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice. I know he'll do it. I just hope that I can get my butt out there to do it as well. Okay, well, and now going back to NWA again, what's the one thing that you love about the NWA versus everywhere else that you've wrestled at? I think the problem is is that the NWA has an untouchable locker room. The locker room at the NWA mm. is the absolute best. I've never, ever met a group of people that are just so well-loved by everybody else. I mean... Okay. I don't have to do a thing, and I've got people like the Pope, you know, again, mm. Chris Adonis, uh, a big one, Tyrus, um, Aaron Stevens, that they come and they, they come and help me. And I, and I keep using Tyrus because he's helped me so much, and he didn't have to. None of these guys have to help me, right? right? They, don't have to, they don't have to lift a finger, and mm-hmm. yet they come to me and they give me ideas. Tyrus will hand me the microphone on the show, and it's his promo time. He'll hand the microphone to me oh, wow. to give me an opportunity to get my character over and that's just something that that's you can't awesome. you can't replicate anywhere else that just goes to show a true level of professionalism and right. um, that they're trying to pay it forward for uh, the younger people that are just striving to get a chance and and the reason that it's tough for me to say that about nwa is because new japan is such a great locker room as well mm-hmm. new japan's the same way they're always helpful um they're always willing to to give me time and to to like work on my craft in front of people. So, mm-hmm. you know, New Japan's got that as well. But one thing that NWA does is, again, um, that promo time, that that live studio audience reaction. Yes. You know, they really give me that opportunity to have what Aaron likes to call live rounds. And mm. I don't get that that often. And I get that at, 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 at 
NWA. Yeah, and I love it that you keep bringing up Tyrus because I want to touch obviously on the faction that you're in with Austin Idol too. Like the minds of these guys. Like first off, Austin Idol been around forever. He knows every trick in the book. Right. He knows everything. Tyrus is literally a walking yes. genius. Like you know what I mean. So like yes. you've hinted here and there, but what's like tapping into those two brains? Imagine if you didn't have them. Do you think your career would be where it's at today? No. Okay. No. Quite. I'll tell you right now that I think I would still be at, at the bottom of the card at the NWA. Oh, I think wow. I would just be Jordan Clearwater who shows up and, and you know, um, and just does whatever on, on, on doing whatever, you know, just kind sure. of tossed around here and there. And that's no offense to the NWA. I'm not saying that of they course. would have treated me that way. I'm not saying they might have put me into something, but I don't think that my character was developed enough to the sense that they should have wanted to do anything with me, to be fair. Exactly. You know, I was just a nobody. I was just a normal, average, white meat baby face that, yeah. you know, that wrestled in NWA style. <laughs> so they thought it would be a good idea to pick me up. But when I got under the learning tree of Tyrus and Austin Idol, they, they not only taught me what it was what it was like to be a character, mm-hmm. but they instilled some confidence and vigor in me. And, oh. they, and they spend their time to talk to me and talk me through things. Right. And again, both of them give me the opportunity and, and Black Jesus as well to get our character over on television mm-hmm. that they don't need to do. And that really took my career from a nobody to at least doing something worthwhile on the show i mean now that uh strictly businesses broke up i believe we might be the only heel faction left and so i think i think that bodes well for us you know i don't know where the story could take us but i don't think um it was ever meant to go this way in the beginning and Ah. that's what's so special about nwa is they let things happen naturally thank you and this happened naturally yeah, and I say it every time. Every time I have someone on from the NWA, my biggest thing is the non-scripted promos that what anything could happen during an event. Like it's like you guys, yeah, it's taped, but it's live to tape. You don't edit shit. Like unless obviously right. there's a major mishap or something really bad happens, of course. But like in general, no. If you fuck up in the ring, that's on you and too bad, right? A hundred percent, and that's what makes the NWA product so special. I've said this. I've said this before. I said this again. I think the NWA is all around the most solid professional wrestling show because Mm. we've done what the true diehard professional wrestling fans loved back in the 70s and 80s. Like they said, we just put it in today. You you don't see any, there aren't rules or restrictions on how people wrestle. I mean, people wrestle like independent wrestlers. People wrestle like big name professional wrestlers on the show. You get a good mix of both. Yeah, no kidding. It's so true. And I love the fact that you said that the locker room is good and especially someone like Tyrus. But mind you, Tyrus knows what's going on and everything and he's not a selfish person, right? But can you imagine back in the days when it was so guarded and the older generation would never help the new one and how would it progress if you don't do that you know because tyrus could easily do that he's like wrestlemania like you know what i mean he was there he's been there done that he's on cnn like fuck that shit fox news yeah or fox sorry yeah no you're fine he doesn't need to do anything for me he doesn't he doesn't like and that's what makes it so genuine right exactly that's awesome uh, and i think and I think Tyrus can tell that I genuinely care to know his feedback too, mm, you know? Okay, and so okay. it goes both That's ways. Fair. Like I'm not just walking around being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything. I take the time to learn and listen. And then when, when, when the lights shut down and everybody goes home for the day, my mind is still racing. Mm. You know, my mind is constantly okay. racing with different ideas and awesome. thoughts. I'm trying to go over and instill the lessons that he's trying to teach us. And sure. again, like, it's not like he's like, oh, you need to do this, this, this. <laughs> yeah, this, this, yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> try this next time. Or, oh, you know, you said this one thing that caught on. We should keep building on that. It's those little things 
that that helped develop the character more so than you know the moves in the ring and in turn you got to pat yourself on the back too because again this generation and that goes for every generation when you're in your 20s you're young dumb and full of cum as the saying is like you know what i mean you don't I listen all the time. like you know what i mean and for you to be exactly open you. and recept everything and also use it to your benefit that's awesome too i love that yeah, just full of piss and vinegar wanting to prove the world that we know the right? way. Nobody else's way is right. You know, screw the old timers. They don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. We're the wheel, you know, that, that whole nonsense. There's a little bit of piss and vinegar in me, but um, I've always viewed it as it takes a village uh, to raise a child. And so mm. professional wrestling is no different. It takes a village to raise a good up-and-coming professional wrestler. I mean, it really does because of course. so many great minds – um, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and so this is their okay. their sport that I'm just playing in, and I hope to make it my own one day. Right. But until then, I'm just taking all the feedback that I can get. Oh, that's friggin' awesome! Okay, now also in your short period of time in NWA, what's been your favorite moment? It doesn't have to be match wise, anything, it could even to the signing, whatever it is. Yeah, um, I don't know. Back for the attack in March was pretty special for me. That was my debut. Um, for the NWA outside of that match with Nick Aldis kind of was like my technical debut for NWA. Right. Um, Cause it did end up bearing on power surge. That was a great moment. And then back for the attack was a great moment. Um, I think this most recent match at the chase uh, on NWA 73 was mm-hmm. probably my defining moment. Okay. Um, uh, because it was off the heels of my first New Japan pay-per-view resurgence mm-hmm. at the LA Coliseum. And then to go into um, a building with such tradition and legacy and to be promoted as a part of that card on NWA 73R, right. the way the only way I could describe our WrestleMania exactly. was just so special. And to feel the buzz in that room, I mean, it was like I was a little kid again. You know <laughs> what I mean? I wish I could play that, that night all over in my head. <laughs> I do every night. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. And then, speaking of factions, I, get, I, I, I even told you even beforehand, I don't like to throw out dream matches, in, but I like to throw out scenarios. How about this one for you? If you could pick yes. any faction, take out one member and insert yourself, what faction would that be? Just in... in um, just in, in all of professional wrestling? Yeah. Or like in the NWA? Any professional wrestling, any time period, whatever you want. That's 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 good. I want to say that you know the the fan inside of me chooses Degeneration X. Like, but who would you take was, out to replace though? See, I'd, I'd have to. That's tough. I'd <laughs> have to take out my favorite H because oh, I shit. feel like it would be weird if there was just two big dudes. Okay, sure. He's bigger than I am by like forty <laughs> pounds, but still, like two big tall dudes. Like, right. I think that the the dichotomy of having the smaller young uh, uh, Sean Michaels and the larger Triple H, like it just works Makes so sense. well. Um, <laughs> and so I'd have to, I have to take my boy out of it, even though he started it. So, um, but you know, a funny one, I'll say, I'll give you two because a sure. funny one, I think that I would do really well in is the spirit squad. Oh, I I do really well in the spirit squad. <laughs> you know I what? The blonde hair, I was going to say, I, I see could, it. I yes. I could pull that off. You <laughs> name anybody in the spirit squad, pull that out, pull me in. I, it would be like night. It would be like the same thing. You would never know the difference. See, mine is easy. Mine, I didn't even have to think about, again, obviously not being a wrestler myself, I would take out Vincent and be part of the NWO. Oh, just stand okay. in the background, have my arms folded, enjoy the tomfoolery that's going around me, and just See, go for the ride. 
Man, if only I had like a split more second. I I, I like that one. Right? Because like in both in both instances, I'm pumping my ass off. So I don't know if I did that one good for me. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And okay, how about this? How about any old promo? If you had the power to snap your fingers, what old promotion would you bring back to life? That's right? tough. There's a lot of good ones. That's tough. And I think probably Smoky Mountain. Mm. Want to say Smoky Mountain Wrestling because okay, okay. Um, Chris Jericho was a. So, like, my top three of all time was Triple H, Chris Jericho, and CM Punk. Okay. And I think it was the, the way that I saw it as a child was here's the person I want to be, Triple H. Here's the person that. I feel like I am, which is the ludicrous Chris Jericho, like the list and all of that stuff. That I just feel like that's me, like in real life. Like right, I, right. that's over the top in real life. And then here's the angsty, like, you know, punk side of me, because I do like punk music and you know, I, mean, I could get down to some heavy rock. So that's that's like the three feet basis of Jordan Clearwater. But okay, um, okay. long story short, Jericho, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, wow. they were trying to do what the NWA is doing today, in my sure. opinion. It was still older school, but it was newer hmm. in the sense that they were using older school wrestlers to put on an old school match that was kind of in like the 90s and 80s, uh, closer to the 90s though. So yeah, I yeah, think if yeah. we did something like that, another almost like a feeder territory into the NWA, kind of like OVW might be trying to develop ah, into some sort of, you know, good gotcha. type of yes. feeder camp. I don't know. I see Al Snow at, at AEW and Al Snow has connections at NWA, that's just a total shot in the dark for me. But in right. my mind, that's what I would want to bring back to help develop the, the next generation of talent. No, that's fair, of course. No, most definitely. Okay, well, before we get to the word story of the week and all that fun stuff, one last wrestling-related question, and then I want to get to know the real Jordan Clearwater wrestling aside, yes. all right? Okay. Yes, okay. So, long-term goals. I know you're young, and you're not really thinking retirement yet, but what, in your mind, is your perfect after-wrestling life? Well, I've I've done I've been very fortunate to build a career for myself in finance. Oh, um, okay. And this is going to kind of blend into who you know Jordan Clearwater is on a you know regular basis. Is I've um, I was able I was able to graduate within two years with my bachelor's. Nice. Um, I continued on, built a really strong career for myself in finance, and I'm uh, currently finishing my master's of science in finance. Oh, there you um, go. So you know, I most certainly feel like I could do that after after wrestling investing wealth management's always interested me um so you know i could do that for myself i could do that for an organization and mm. i think i can most certainly do that for a professional wrestling organization which would be my ultimate long-term goal to always have some ah, sort of okay. of tie in the industry even if it's sure. not wrestling okay yeah because i was gonna ask i was gonna say so you don't want to be a lifer then you want to as soon as you hang up the boots walk away but no you're saying you still want to have some ties right Right, right. I don't. I will never be. Um, I will never be the 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 forty mile vet, the the weekend warrior. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course, though. let me say that right yeah. now. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just not my goal. Like I've never sure. wanted to just travel the Indies until I'm I'm you know my my back is broken down. I've right. always had these large grandiose grandiose goals for my life, whether they be in wrestling or they be in finance, and I want to chase those wherever those might lead so if it's not wrestling i can accept that but i want to keep that ball going in whatever that direction is i i don't want to you know spin my wheels doing something that's never going to pay off fully long term if that makes sense no of course it makes sense of course okay so let's get to know you my friend 
what's some of your hobbies outside of wrestling? What are you like watching? Are you a gamer? Like, what's going on here? Okay, so I'm an avid, uh, so in college, again, by virtue of my own demise, okay. um, an avid reader. I read a lot of books, a lot of audiobooks, podcasts. Awesome. Um, I, I find myself kind of lying in the self-help slash psychological oh. um, genres because I think sure. um, that's so interesting to me. But one of my true passion projects is bodybuilding. I've oh. been a bodybuilder since I was 14 years old. My uncle, wow. my uncle Frank, he got me into working out and into bodybuilding and um I work with a personal trainer out here, Elite Fitness Training. Um, they do such a fantastic job. And, you know, I, I learned all the science. I'm not a biologist by any means, but I stay up sure. late at night reading the medical journals. And I just, it's a passion for me. I'm very disciplined in what I do. There so, you, um, you know, there's something that's kind of like oddly appealing to me about eating the same thing every day and being able mm. to watch my body fluctuate and, and being able to control um, what I look like is something that's very, you know, that, that, that drives me outside of bodybuilding. I am a drummer. A lot of people don't know that oh, I wow. am a drummer. Okay. I'm a drummer. Nice. Yes. Um, and uh, maybe I'll post a couple of drumming videos on my social media here <laughs> shortly, but, uh, I am a drummer. I love to drum. I've been drumming since I was a child as well. Um, and I, I game a little bit. Um, I'm okay. not the most intense gamer. I don't feel like I have a whole lot of time for it, but I always make time for, my mobile game marvel future fight because i'm a marvel nerd okay and so fair enough i game the shit out of marvel future fight i could tell you what all the debuff percentages crit rate oh crit wow okay yeah that's I, I could go in deep i know 30 wow. percent debuff minus 100 percent to all buff. like i can I that's can, crazy i can speak the gamer language <laughs> i can speak the gamer language just they don't consider me a gamer because it's a mobile game that, so mobile gamers are looked well upon in the gaming community True, true. I, I do play some games. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, one thing I want to know. Okay, going back to bodybuilding because I want to touch on each of these things because I'm intrigued now. Now, yes, everyone knows the whole old wives' tale and stuff. Bodybuilding at 14, you're going to stunt your growth. Obviously, it didn't happen to you. You're six two. You know what I mean. You still grew. So, like, you know what I mean. Were you ever scared of that, or even again? Because I'm sure you had to take not illegal su- uh, supplements, but real supplements, and have uh, eat more and all this other stuff. Were you ever nervous that hey, this is going to catch up to me when I get older? Right. I think I always viewed it as the professional wrestling mentality that, you know, every getting into the industry, I was told, oh, you want to be a professional wrestler? Great. Plan to die when you're 53. You know, um, is, is basically what I was told. Now, you know, things aren't that way anymore. Steroids, painkillers, there's other alternatives. Of course. Right. Um, so things aren't that way as much anymore. But the life expectancy is still shorter comparatively speaking so i guess i always got into it with that mentality at age of 14 i wasn't doing much outside of lifting weight eating and uh trying to drink protein shakes at least trying to hold them down on my stomach (laughs) so that wasn't too terrible the more i get into competitive bodybuilding the more i realize there are a lot of different supplementations involved with achieving your goals right um some i'm willing to do others i'm willing not to do uh, for that same reason yeah, no, that so, makes total sense. Yeah, so, you know, if it, if I, and that's part of the reason why I read the medical journals, if I can make ah. a, an independent decision that this is going to be good for my body right. more than it would be bad, then I would be apt to take the supplement. But if I've reached a decision that, you know, it's it's more harm than it does good or it's just a, a diet fad, then I'm not going to take it. You know, I think at the end of the day, the main protein supplement or the main 
supplements I take is protein and creatine because they're the most well studied. So um, that's just me. I'm more of a science buff and, and kind of like that. No, and again, nowadays you have to be. You can't. And again, it's not the olden days because actually you could do your research. Whereas someone before give hey take this, it's good for you, and you would take it, right? But nowadays, right, exactly. yeah, you have to do your due diligence because you don't know what you're putting in your body, and it will eventually catch up to you. No one is Superman forever, right? Right, right. You think about like you think about how things affect your body on a on a micro scale. Like yes. when you take a supplement that affects your singling and your genes. Think about like that's a ripple effect that happens across your entire body. People yeah. don't understand that. Yeah. And then like steroids, for example. So imagine taking something that small. Now, if you took a steroid, it like carpet bombs your entire system Ooh. is the way that I imagine it. Okay, yeah. And it's just you're having this done trillions of times over, you know, like cancer, you know, heart attack, yeah. cardiovascular disease. It's just... You know, it's it's a scary it's a scary cycle to get yourself into. You have to be really careful. Yeah. Now, drumming. How did this come about? Are you like? Do you love rock music? And are you a oh, certified? Okay, so nice rock. So, do you go all out? Do you dress up and go all fucking crazy and shit? Or are you just oh, one of those? Dude, I get. I pour, I pour sweat, man. I take my shirt. I'm one of those. <laughs> I take my shirt off. I'm pouring in sweat. I'm, I'm I'm kicking pads, dude. I I freaking make it into a workout. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. It's a That's great awesome. way to get my emotion out, my anger. I love That's rock. True. I can jam out to some some you know Lincoln Park, Breaking Benjamins. Okay, okay. I can jam jam out to some punk rock. You know, name a couple punk rock bands. I'm getting down to Story So Far. You know what I mean? Taking Back Sunday, The Used. I mean, Angels and Airwaves. You name it, and then. I'll go crazy, man. I'll get on some Taylor Swift. I'll oh, shit. Vanessa okay. Carlton. I'll get on some Maroon 5. I've hey, got, why not? No, I, I know. <laughs> I, I'll get on some DeFray, Goo Goo Dolls. You name it, dude. Oh, I go awesome. all over the spectrum. Rock to soft rock to freaking pop. I, I, I love to get down. <laughs> now, would you want to be that your wrestling gimmick as a drummer? How about that? That would be fun. I, I feel like, I feel like, like, man, I feel like... I, okay, so I will say that this most recent uh, Halloween, I did get to live my wrestling gimmick as a drummer okay. on, on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I dressed up as a skeleton, and yeah. I played a cajon, which is like, you know, the little drum that you sit on and you hit. Gotcha, yeah. Um, so I did kind of, in a little bit of a way, <laughs> play a drummer. Sure. <laughs> but it was so much fun. I had, a, I had a blast, yeah. Oh, And now the last thing you touched on, Marvel. So you said you're a buff. Now, are you originally with the comics or just the the movies and the Marvel universe? I'm gonna. I'm sorry to all the diehard comic fans. I'm originally, uh, and I say originally because I've played the game so much, I've read so much that I'm starting to get into the comics more. Okay. But I'm just an MCU nerd. I'm an ah, MCU okay. nerd from the first Iron Man to sure. you know to the Eternals, which I haven't seen yet. But right. I'm huge, a huge MCU nerd. I. For the DC fans, I think I would be a great pick to play the Green Arrow on whenever they put that on the large screen. I mean, I come on, that. the hair. The, I mean, come on. Like, I feel like I've got the look for the Green Arrow, but that's a different story. <laughs> I, I could even see you because you sort of have that look too, like Hawkeye in the Marvel Universe. Yes, yes. And, and you know, I think the Green Arrow is his backstory. He's got, you know, tons of well. It's almost like that Batman-esque, like, uh, like upbringing. And I think that I could kind of pull that off with just the way that, yeah. So, so uh, MCU nerd. But I do I do read some comics. That Now, that kind of runs in the family a little bit. So what's your favorite out of all the, the movies that have been dropped? I, I know it's hard. and But there's so many. So is it really that hard, right? Because you have a lot to pick from. You have a lot to pick from. I think Thor 3, Ragnarok, was like the unsung. It's the unsung comedy of like 
of Marvel because you can just put it on. And it's so hilarious. It's just like an easy watch. You know what I mean? It's very lighthearted movie. Sure. Um, obviously, Infinity War and Endgame are just the best yeah, combinations course. to the series. Yeah. Um, but that's it, of course. I think like Captain America Winter Soldier is totally one of the best produced like front to end. It is, that was right? the first one that it is. And that was I agree. um uh, uh the the were they the Russo brother? Who did the uh, oh, who did the production right. for the the Infinity War? And M- yeah. Whoever those producers were, they their first MCU they produced was Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. So I think that that was you know that was good foretelling for them. But anyway, um, yeah. So I would say uh, Thor three is probably my favorite. Cool. Now, obviously, the Disney Plus series those I think have even been better than oh, the movies in my those opinion. Have been right? So good. Loki was so. Oh, I loved good. it. I, I loved it. Was yes. Amazing. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier had like a good mix of it being slow and telling a story versus its action. I thought yep. that was good. And then um, I love Scarlet Witch. I can't wait for her to be an evil villain. I hope yes. to God they make her an evil villain. How great is that going to be? Hero to villain? Yes, I love that so much. <laughs> See, but that's the thing. How are they going to... Uh, this, this is what I hate about certain superhero like things that happen is that when you give so much power to a certain individual how do you stop him and then how do you make it realistic enough to stop him and i think if you have too much power you have to be a good guy like sort of like a superman type of person you know what i mean because if you were evil you'd blow up the planet no right and exactly and i think that's what was so good about an infinity war was that here's one guy who literally had all of the That's, power in yeah, the universe, yeah, yeah. and he had to win. Like, and nobody saw it coming. Like, he won at the end of that movie, yep. and everyone was like, "What the hell is going on?" That was awesome, you know. And, and it was awesome. I love it so much. So, the new Doctor Strange next year is going to be awesome. Oh I'm yes, sure I'm it's, really looking, I'm looking forward, forward to that, to that yeah. movie so much. Yeah, <laughs> that and the new Spider Man that's coming out too. Because the this whole oh, multiverse the, thing that because I love. I, Time, two things I love about movies, but I know a lot of people rag on, is time travel and multiverses. Because yes. you have endless opportunities to tell a story there. Endless. Man, if Tobey Maguire isn't in the new Spider-Man, <laughs> Jordan Clearwater is going to riot. <laughs> Tobey, that's my childhood Spider-Man. Oh, me too. There, I love him. They're bringing in Doc yeah. Ock and, yeah. and, and J. Jonah Jameson. It's crazy. Man, they've got to have him in there. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh, it's so... Yeah, and again, I came from the era where this was not on the big screen. We could only read this shit. You know what I mean? And to see it progress yeah. in an adult form, so I know everything from start to fit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like your generation really doesn't know that because you grew up with the MCU, right? Whereas right. I was already an adult when it started to get a stop because before we had the shitty Daredevil movies, like, you know what I mean? The shitty Incredible Hulks before it became part of the <laughs> MCU, <laughs> right? So we're just like, yeah. ah, another Marvel. And then we got to see the ball rolling and then like, and now Marvel is like this fucking multi-billion dollar conglomerate and it's taking over the world. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's mind boggling. Right. It's crazy. Isn't it? The best thing that I can draw it akin to is this is our generation Star Trek, or this is our generation's Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, I it's see that, that yeah, same yeah, yeah. phenomenon where it was such a it's such a huge following. Like yeah. I don't know if people in, in in fifty years will will still have that following of Marvel like we That's used true. to. They might they might look at it like we looked at Star Trek or Lord sure. of the Rings. But man, I just think it's 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 the hot thing for this generation. And like you said, you guys have waited so long to see it. And for us, we're discovering something entirely new. And it's being presented awesome. to us in such a phenomenal format. You know what I mean? We're spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right. You ready for the worst story of the week, my friend? All right. Okay. So this week's story comes from, actually, in the UK. Now, 
being younger, you could attest to this. Is there, do people even use cursive anymore? Does, or does that even taught in school anymore? Like what's going on? I am the only one that writes in cursive. Really? Ever. Okay. Ever. <laughs> people don't even know what cursive is. They look at oh, that shit. and like, what is that? Scribe, Are you kidding what me? What is that? They don't even teach it in school oh, anymore, Steve. Man. I'm the old, like, That's I'm, crazy. But I love fountain pens. I collect fountain pens. Okay. That's another really weird thing about me. And sure. I, so I love to handwrite things. That's okay. just me. I no, it makes sense. Though. I'm like a seven, I'm a seven year old trapped in a 24 year old's body. I'm totally, I go to bed at 9 p.m., okay? I'm totally like, that's totally me. I was up this morning I get it. making coffee like a normal old person. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I totally, I'm the exact same way too. I tell my wife all the time the error I should have been up like in my prime would have been the 50s. I would have friggin' been a multi-millionaire i would have thrived so much it's just i don't know it's, it's just weird so i totally get the old soul thing trust me yes so again like i said this week's story comes from the uk where a 67 year old man was down on his luck and had nothing to lose so he put in his mind that he was gonna rob banks at 67 oh. okay, okay. <laughs> the squid games right <laughs> so and here's the f- fucked up thing he was successful the first two times. So he tried to rob three banks. First two times he was successful. So what does anyone do? You get an ego. Oh, I haven't got caught. I could do this forever, right? Right, right. So he went to the third bank and that's where led to him getting caught. So he gets there and he hands, this is where the cursive comes into effect. He hands a handwritten note to the teller. Like you said, the teller was so young, couldn't understand what the note said. So she wasn't scared, obviously. She's just looking at the man or whatever. And then he's with, you know, pretending he has a gun or whatever. And he's like, read, read. And she's like, I don't understand this. Like, what are you trying to tell me? And then after he just yelled at her, because I guess he was fed up. You don't want to get caught. Then he scared. He's like, I got a gun. Give me all your money. This plexiglass isn't going to save you, whatever. And then she gave him the money. But obviously he was being filmed, right? At the time. And then he spoke and whatever. He broke character. And he wasn't in and out as fast, I guess, as before. And now he was starting to get noticed because the word was out. You know what I mean? How many banks are there in a town, right? So this is how this man got caught because someone didn't understand cursive. How crazy is that? Wow. That is so crazy, but thank God I wasn't in that lady's shoes because I would have read that and take off running. Like, <laughs> right? How crazy is that? That's insane. I can't get over that, brother. You, sc- man. The best way is that he did himself in by doing the old school method, man. Like, right? He, he, that's how he did himself in. Like, I would have like printed these letters with the like, you know, the old school like the F. Give me all your money, like written in all these random shapes and colors and stuff. Like that's that's me. That's what I would have done. <laughs> See, but I don't understand these. Again, I, I have to admit, as a kid, your mind wanders. You always have these what if situations. You and your boys are hanging out. You're like, what would we do to make money easy? Oh, we could rob a Brinks truck or something. And then you start going on with the ideas. You know what I mean? Like stupid kids. And then you find yeah. out you can never do this because a you're not smart enough, and b you could never get away because these people are professionals. They're trained to right. take people down, right? But even nowadays, it's like technology so far advanced. Everyone's monitored. What makes it go through someone's mind to think you could get away? Unless it's an inside job. I think that's the only way you could do it now, right? Dude, I don't even... Yeah, and even the inside jobs, like, I think of, like, finance, for example, all of the people that, that get caught with, like, insider trading or embezzlement and stuff right. like that. Yes! You would think, like, you would think that there's, a, like, there's so much information. Like, like they, like, I, they would know before it ever took place really who the person that could be at fault is like that's how smart machine learning is now so like 
I mean, if anything, dude, like they take photos of your license plate when you run red lights, brother. Right? Like, how are you going to be able to find? I don't know. That, that blows my mind. Yeah, too. times have changed. Even with ads in our phones, you're talking about McDonald's. Next thing you know, you're going through Instagram, you see an ad for McDonald's. It's like, what the hell? Right. Now, that's a little creepy. I can't, I'm waiting for the time that they pay us for our information. I believe oh. uh, that they, I, I hope that they should or something. I don't know. Like with the whole Apple thing, them saying, oh, don't track this. You know, I don't know. I guess it's like crazy. It's crazy. We're the new commodity. Like yeah. human beings are. It's, yeah. It's information is. But it's anyway, okay. it's insane, dude. I don't know. I can't imagine somebody have the balls to actually rob a bank. Right. Like, that's way beyond me, brother. No, nah, me I too. can barely even like, I don't know. I can barely even leave my door unlocked at night. <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. <laughs> I totally get it. Well, Jordan, thanks a bunch for coming aboard. Really appreciate it, my friend. Plug your shit. Anything you Man. want to promote, floor is all yours. Go for it. I would just say it's uh, at clearlikewater1 on all social media platforms if you would like to follow me. Smart. You can grab my Jordan Clearwater t-shirt on newjapanshop.com. And then more importantly than supporting me, I ask that you support the show because if it wasn't for people like Steve, we wouldn't have a medium to talk about us, to share our stories, to share our craft. So please, please, please. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and rate. I know that I will. Awesome. Um, so thank you guys for listening, man. This was this was a blast. This was a, I'll absolutely love to do this again. Oh, no, most definitely. I'll definitely have you on again. No questions asked. The door is always open. My forbidden door is always open, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and for myself, you yes. can... You can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finga Siles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, most definitely helps me out. And obviously, you guys all know my newest sponsor, Legacy Sports Nutrition. Go support them. Obviously, Nick Aldis is the founder at LegacySubs.com. Use promo code the podcast for 10% off. You got everything there for your everyday needs, for supplements, for CBD, anything you want. It is there and it's tried, tested, and true. So please support all that fun stuff. That is awesome. One last question before I let you go. Yes, sir. You're in MMA. Are you not? Yes. Okay. I've heard in the rumblings that you've trained at Black House MMA. Is this true? This is true. Okay, so this now there you go. Here's the opening for our next yeah. podcast then because I need exactly. to know all kinds of stuff, my friend. Exactly. Let me just say this, that uh, um, Blake Bulletproof Troop and I uh, have trained in the world-famous uh, Black House MMA gym. There is footage on YouTube. Ooh. There is a match that this all culminated to recently Nice. Um, that is available for purchase on Fight TV. Jordan Clearwater versus uh, Blake Bulletproof Troop um, and his debut professional wrestling match. Him coming from the MMA background, me coming from the professional wrestling background. So um, for next time, there's a whole story that involves us. I'd love Perfect. to uh, share it with you. Yes. Sounds good. And on that note, he's Jordan. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>